appreciate the chance I have to preach today. Um, it is such a great blessing, and I'm honored. Uh, now, my dad did give me a hand with this, so if it flops, you know who to blame. And I hold no responsibility whatsoever because I am an entitled young man. <laughs> but I, I want to ask you some questions. Have you ever felt guilty? Do you accuse yourself when you don't measure up? Do you tell yourself that you're stupid when you fail? Do you live under the weight of your own failures? Do you find yourself wondering where God's peace is when all you can think about is how big or how often your failures are? If you and I choose to carry the burden of our guilt and failures, we will suffer terribly. Now, in a second, we're going to turn to Psalms 38, starting in verse 1. This psalm was written by David, who just failed horribly. He slept with a woman, and then he had her husband killed, and the baby died, which would just be the cherry on top. He was being crushed with guilt. So let's turn to Psalms 38, 1 through 4. He says, Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. Now, if you had done any of the things David just did, you'd be feeling it too. It's, it's ruining him. But I continued to read through the chapter a little bit, and I read down to verse 11, and it caught my eye. It said, My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest of kin stand far off. So this entire chapter shows just how miserable David is. He's being crushed with his guilt. It's destroying him and making him fearful. Crushed and now alone. Now, I have some burdens up here in the five-pound variety. And I have you. This is you. You're orange today. You dyed your hair. God still loves you. And we're going to put some burdens on you. You know, one day you may have lied and you said, oh man, I lied. I'm just going to leave this here so that I remember that I lied, so I won't do it again. But that is a lie. Stay on there. This never happened when I was practicing. Oh, my family's falling apart. I think it's my fault. My range of influence, the people that I love, aren't following Jesus, and it's all my fault. My addiction to alcohol 
and pornography are ruining my life. I am such a horrible human being. How could I do something so unbelievably stupid? We carry these around every day. Look at you. That's not the shape you're supposed to be in. You look awful. But I'll be honest with you, I struggle with this too, every day. We pick up our guilt every morning. I procrastinate. I'm supposed to be doing my homework. But I watch YouTube videos and play video games all day long. What a waste of time. And I found that it's not always the things that we do that we're not supposed to do. But for me, especially, it's the things that we don't do that we're supposed to do. And those things can add up really quickly. It reminds me of what Paul says in Romans 7, verse 15. He says, I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but, the very, but I do the very thing I hate. Now there's a difference between the truth and our feelings. Paul finds his conscience violated by his feelings dictating his actions. Now the truth, the truth is I love, I love pizza rolls. I love love pizza rolls. Oh man, give me 80 pizza rolls in a bowl of ranch dressing. I will eat all of it in a sitting. How I feel about pizza rolls though is not the truth about pizza rolls. Because if I eat all those pizza rolls, the truth is I'm not going to feel very good. The truth is it will make me sluggish and weak and tired and well, even more large. The truth is they're junk food and they will cause harm to my body. When it comes to my procrastination, my situation is not that much unlike David's situation. He feels the guilt of doing something that he shouldn't have done or should have done. He picks it up, and it hurts him. Now, there are two things that happen when the truth collides with your feelings. Number one is guilt. Guilt involves failure of you or I. We hurt or take from others and beat ourselves up for it. Now, we take from God by sinning. And if we sin, it is so, so easy. You just pick it up. Put it in your backpack. Go about your day. How long can you sustain that? Five pounds at a time, that's, that's a lot of weight. And the longer, the more time goes by, the more time goes by, the heavier it gets. And it just feels awful every day after day after day. 
carry this weight for some reason. Like it's our responsibility. Proverbs 22.7 says this, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Sorry, I know I'm walking around a lot, but I don't care. I've got energy. Now, I listen to Dave Ramsey quite a lot, like every other day or so, and I've heard this verse spoken many times. I realized that guilt is picking up debt. It's not yours until you pick it up. Why would you pick it up? All you're doing is causing harm to yourself. And the guilt is holding you back. So you have this debt. Nothing short of paying it off will solve your problem. And what people try and do is they work it off. They give it off in donations. They serve it off. They even try to pray it off. But none of it works. Nothing can get rid of this burden. I love what Chris Hogan says. He's a Dave Ramsey personality. He's on the show. And he, he says this, never steal from your future to fix your present. Obviously, he's talking in regards to money. But this is the same thing. It's the same. Don't put this on your back. It will get heavy. You will ruin your future self. Let's add another year right there. Maybe. We'll see. Now, listening to the Dave Ramsey show, I talk about this a lot. I, know. I was surprised to hear some people talk about their debt like it was a small thing, just part of life, you know. Like I have two dollars or whatever. It's like, oh, it's only $80,000. I'm sorry? Eighty. I've never even seen $2,000 in one place before. $80,000? What? I about flipped out. It was insane. And then I kept listening, and after the call, Dave Ramsey said something along these lines. It stuck with me. Some people get so comfortable with their debt, they don't see how dangerous it is, how much money it can take away. They don't feel the pressure anymore. Sometimes after a while of carrying these burdens, you don't realize you have them. Our capability of getting used to the burden of guilt should not be underestimated. We wonder why we're so stressed all the time. Why we're always looking for something to fix it. We're always binge eating or binge watching or playing video games. That one's me. Why we mindlessly scroll through social media looking for something to fulfill us, but all we do is waste our time or add to the conversation of a controversial topic. Why we watch porn or buy all these things we don't even need or want sometimes. The second thing that happens when the truth collides with our feelings is self-condemnation. Now guilt grows into self-condemnation. And self-condemnation is when we really, really begin to hate ourselves. And when we do that, we hurt ourselves. 
Now, imagine this with me for a minute. This is a boxing ring, okay? You got a boxing ring, and over here is you. This is pure Christian, pure, ideal, perfect you, right? And this is all your guilt and shame over here, okay? As soon as that bell rings, how quickly would this person be on the mat? Instantly. Jennifer's thinking, how many seconds? Because she can beat anyone up. Don't pick a fight with her. She's scary. What you don't realize is, while you're beating the pulp out of this guy, you're still holding the guilt. You're beating up yourself. And you're actually protecting the guilt from the blows like it's your own child. Because the, the guilt is not your target. You are. It's never been the target. The target has always been yourself. You condemn yourself. And I do this all the time. Now the word condemnation means the action or passing sentence or, sorry, the action or passing sentence for punishment. If you condemn yourself, like we do, you'll get death or life imprisonment every time. Sometimes, both those things happen. So we pick up this self-condemnation every day because that's what we deserve. But let's be honest. We deserve way, way worse than this. So much worse. We deserve to be rotting and burning in hell forever with no relief whatsoever. But, guess what? 1 John 3.20. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. This completely demonstrates the fact over feelings. It doesn't matter what your feelings feel. Let me say this verse again. <coughs> Excuse me. But this time, I'm going to say it the way I think John was saying it when he put it down. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. And he knows everything. Come on. He knows everything. He knows how many times you blinked four years ago in five days, whatever. He knows. He knows everything. You sinned, he forgave you. You were lost, he found you. You fell, he picked you up. You're hurting, he can heal you. You're drowning, he will pull you out. You beat yourself up every single day because you think you deserve it and it's the right thing to do and you don't want to look ingenuine to yourself like you're lying. God's grace is sufficient. Do I need to remind you that he knows everything? He knows everything about you. He knows every little thing that you've ever done. He doesn't care. It reminds me of this song written by Torrin Wells. It's called Known. And it goes something like this. It's so like you to keep pursuing. It's so like me to go astray. But you guard my heart with your truth. The kind of love that's bulletproof. And I surrender to your kindness because I'm fully known and loved.
by you. You won't let go no matter what I do. It's not one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known, and loved by you. How do we be free of our guilt? Understand and rehearse the fact that God's grace is bigger than your guilt. Like a lot bigger. There's no comparison. It's not even close. Do you know what God feels when he sees you fail? What does he feel? Does he feel angry? Does he feel frustrated? Does he feel betrayed? What does he feel? Compassion. Why? Why? Because he's our father. If your child fell off their bike and scraped their knee, you would feel compassion. You might giggle a little bit, but you would feel compassion. He just wants to pick you up and hold you, put a bandage on, bandage on you so that you can heal. But what many of us end up doing after we don't let him pick us up in the first place? Maybe we do, and then we come back to it. It's every day after we fell off that bike, we take out our knife and we cut our knee. Every day. So we won't forget the mistake that we made. We are such idiots. How could we do such a dumb thing? Until there's a scar and then you keep doing it? How would you feel if your child did that? When I was about 15, so long ago, right? When I was about 15, I heard someone say that young adults, like 18 to 25 year olds or whatever, something like that, they're all arrogant and they act like they know everything. It's true. Yes. I'm getting there. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, and I thought, that wouldn't be me. I'm already a pretty good kid. I'm better than all the other kids. Right? I wasn't that inaccurate. I was really good in some ways and really not in others. But that's another story. How could I, how could I make such a long jump from this to that in f- such a short amount of time? It's not going to happen. It happened. I was like, why? Why am I so arrogant? Why, why do I act like I know everything, even though I know that I don't? So what changed? What did I gain? What did I lose? I gained knowledge. I gained strength, skills. I learned some social cues. And I've learned what I don't know, which is a lot. But those didn't add up. So what did I lose? There's one thing that I lost when I grew up. When I was a child, I knew I was a child. I knew I was a subordinate. When I got older, I wasn't a child anymore. I started to become independent, my own boss. 
Independence without discipline leads to failure every time. There has to be something or someone that we can follow or we will go insane. Because if you think about the prodigal son, he just went off willy-nilly and really quickly he was cold, hungry, alone, and desperate. A healthy childhood and a healthy home gives us the groundwork of an amazing adulthood with Jesus. Makes me think of all the fatherless homes we have in America today. Because we learn how to be a true servant to a leader we can trust. Mark 10, verse 13 through 15 says this. And they were bringing children to him, Jesus, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked him. When Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs to the king for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it. God is our Father and we are his children. Why do we forget that all the time? Why don't we get up off the ground and let our Father just gently pick us up? Are we really that arrogant? Do we really act like we know everything? There is no shame in a child calling out to their father when they fall off a bike. Just as there is no shame in you or I running to God when we fail. When I find myself after I sin, I feel guilty. I am guilty. So I listen to worship music. I'll get back into this thing. But I feel even worse. Because I feel like I'm a liar. I'm a faker. I'm a hypocrite. I don't deserve this. I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to everyone else. I'm a bad example. No. I'm doing what God wants me to do in that situation. I'm running back to him. No, when we let go of our guilt and let God take it, a beautiful thing happens. We experience something that is the greatest thing in the world. We experience the grace of God. And God's grace comes from his love for you. And his grace is his love in action. So how do we be free of our guilt? Forgive in three ways. Forgive yourself. There are three simple facts for life in general. Go ahead and write them down. I'll say them. You're going to fail. You're going to beat yourself up for it. And you're going to fail again. So profound, right? But here's the good news. Cross all those lines off. Write this. Jesus died for me. So if God can go through 
that? The cross? To forgive you? You can forgive you. He did it the hard way so that you don't have to. Number two is forgive others. Someone may have wounded you or threw guilt upon you that you now carry. Maybe you feel the guilt of someone who you hurt. The Bible says when we forgive, we too are forgiven. But when it's on you and you ask for forgiveness and they don't accept it, that's not your problem. Your conscience is clear. Because your heart is genuine. You've done all that you can, so don't carry the guilt anymore. Number three, accept God's forgiveness. Well, yeah, thanks. Very helpful. That's easier said than done. Okay. How do we accept God's forgiveness and grace? We've got to separate our feelings from the facts. I feel like I have to... I, I, I feel that I must. I have to repay. It's already repaid. You were bought with a price. You're not paying anything. It's done. It is finished. That's what that means. It is Finished. Say, rather, God is trying to teach me something, and I'm going to figure out what it is. Make sure you're thinking with a base of truth, a foundation of truth. This is the truth. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Everyone knows this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Pray and trust the Holy Spirit to heal your conscience. Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us go right into his presence, the presence of God, with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. Many people go through their whole lives carrying these weights. Every day, all the time. We walk around afraid, like an escape escaped convict. We're living on the edge. We can't hardly function because it's overwhelming. It's stuck to you. Sometimes, even when we drop all the weight, you still have the impression. It's, the weight isn't there anymore. 
The guilt doesn't have a name, but you still feel it. You're still five-pound sports authority. Not much has changed until you give it to the Father. Until you hold your hands up and let God pick you up. The master carpenter, the lover of your soul, your loving Father picks you up and he holds you and he bandages you until you are just Sometimes it takes a little time. It takes time. But I certainly like this version of you better. He makes you just. <laughs>